This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Andrew Warner. He started a $30 million company built on email marketing back when email marketing was just getting started. Many of you know Andrew from his company Mixergy and where he's interviewed over 1,500 entrepreneurs and startup founders, such as the founders of Airbnb, Twitch, Groupon, and LinkedIn. Now, what you might not know about Andrew is in recent years, he's been an angel investor in two of the early chat messaging platform companies. That's ManyChat and Assist, which eventually led him to build Bot Academy that we're going to talk about today. Andrew, are you ready to take us to the top? Oh, yeah. It's always fun for me to interview you just because our backstory, and I've told you this many times, you know, my first call ever as an entrepreneur in my dorm room was to this guy, Andrew Warner, who I found a mixer interview and you published your phone number. So this is fun for me. Um, you've come on before. I don't want to talk about your past success because you've had a lot of them. Tell me about chatbots. You're a guy that has sold, you know, you built a company of 30 million, you sold it a lot of success. Why chatbots? Because I remember when a friend of mine from school came to the 12th floor of the 575 building in Manhattan, he looked around, he goes, this whole floor is yours. And I said, yeah. He goes, how did you afford this whole floor? And I said, we do email marketing. I created this uh, business. Here's a landing page. Anyone can give me their email address, sign up for email newsletters, and we make money from advertising. And occasionally we sell stuff to people. And he said, whoa, you're so lucky. I said, lucky? I told you about this. We both graduated from school. I said, here's the thing. People are going to want email newsletter, email, then we're going to send them email newsletters. And once someone's on our list, we can keep selling, we can keep uh, running ads to them. It's going to be huge. I told you about it. You listened and you kept saying, nah, no one's going to want to hear from anyone other than their <laughs> boss or their mom via email. It's, they're not going to want to hear from companies. I told you about the opportunity. You didn't jump in. And so I feel like uh, with chat, the same thing's happening. We're not using chat. You and I Right now, I needed my uh, I needed your Skype name. I sent you a text message last week, or uh, yeah, last week we got together. We were text messaging each other. We use iMessage with friends. We use Slack with work colleagues. Email is now becoming outdated. We're all shifting to messaging, and I feel like the same opportunity that existed back when we shifted from paper mail to email is happening now in chat. Now, this is a really special moment, and I hope we look back on it ten years from now and go, "That was really valuable." Because from what you just told me, you're you're kind of selectively placing a bet. You would never, yes. you know, let's say this is, becomes a billion dollar thing for you. You'll never look back and say, I knew it. But what you'll say is, I saw enough indicators. It was worth kind of getting some information and making some investments and kind of throwing my head in the ring to build a community around the space. Why yeah. is that such a smart way to attack a new market that you think might be big? I want to um, to attack it from as many directions as I can. As you said, I did a couple of angel investments. That's one way. I think at some point we're going to add software. I think where you've started services and that's uh, another way. I don't know how. We teach it so people who want to learn how to build chatbots and use it for marketing can do it. I'm trying lots of different directions to attack this space. And um, frankly, so far they're all working. 
And who knows? Who knows which one's going to be the big the big runaway success? Okay, so tell me about the current kind of focus, the Bot Academy. What is it and what's the pricing model? How do you make money? Uh, we do a couple of different things. One is we teach people how to build chatbots and get paying clients. People will actually pay them to build uh, bots for them. The other thing that we do is we say, look, if you don't want to learn, if you need a chatbot build, come to us, pay us. We'll take the money. We'll teach you how to uh, how this thing works. And then we take almost all the money and we give it to one of our graduates and say, okay, now go build a, a chat bot for our client. And so we're both uh, getting clients and, and talking to businesses who want chat bots and we're talking to students and teaching them how to do it. And what's the general price for this? Uh, at this point, it's $2,000 for each option. So $2,000, we teach you how to do it. We set you up uh, and show you how to do it as a business, tell you how to charge for it, how to demo it, the whole thing. Or if you want us to build it, you pay $2,000, we pass the work on to our, our graduates. And when you look at uh, uh, kind of the history, when did, what year did you launch this and or how many months ago did you launch the Academy? Uh, last year. So actually this, uh, yeah. Last year, sometime around 2017. Okay, so kind of January 2017, December 2016-ish. And how many people have gone through the program to date? I don't know the exact numbers, but it's somewhere around 400 people. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, look, you know, yeah. getting 400 people to go through a program, you know, respond to all our support tickets about chatbots. You get into the brain. You understand how they think about them, which is going to allow you to attack the space yes. much more aggressively later. But you're also making money while you do it. 400 people at two grand a pop. People can do the math for themselves. Um who are you modeling? You have Mixergy because you like to interview and you ask good questions and you try and pattern recognize. And then I think you emulate. If you're like me, I like emulating or copying. Cop I don't mind saying copying. Who are you mm -hmm. emulating when you're looking at the chatbot space? Um, frankly, myself from back in the email, email days, I saw an opportunity. I built up as big a list as I could. And then I looked to see where the revenue was going to be that, um, when we were starting out by sending out a joke a day via email, I didn't know where the majority of the revenue was going to come from. I had a sense that maybe it's going to be advertising, but I didn't realize it was going to be lead based advertising. We're doing the same thing. You can build an email list now but it's pretty hard as opposed to building a chat list. People who are going to say, yes, sign me up. I want to hear from you via chat. That's much easier at this point. I don't yet know where the big revenue is going to come from. Um, but I know, as you said, there, we're about 800,000 in revenue from, from, from it right now when we're not, when we're not sure even where the big money is going to come from Yeah, because it's easier to build a list of subscribers. People still find the whole thing novel and I want to get in now. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is such a good lesson, you know, to people listening right now that always ask the question, how do I start with no money? I mean, you're building a community. You, you, you know the PayPal story very well. It was just for eBay sellers, a niche community that you can dominate. Mm -hmm. And so like you're building this list. And oh, by the way, all these people have a chatbot. So when you release your software product for this, you have the list ready to rock and roll. I mean, can you, can you give some pointers to other people that want to place bets in other spaces and they they want to kind of follow a model like you follow, for example, they might say, well, where do I start? Should I always start with this kind of agency, high touch consulting model? I don't know that you, that you should always do it, but I like it a lot. I just happened to talk to the founder of Kachova. This is a 10 plus million dollar a year software company, all bootstrapped, giving analytics to app makers. I said, how did you get started if you're bootstrapped? He said, you know what? I had so little money. I wasn't sure what to do. So I started doing consulting work. I said, what kind of consulting work? He said, everything. I know we're not supposed to say everything, but we were so desperate for revenue. We took everything on. I said, okay, so how did that translate into software? How did you become a software guy? He said, we noticed that apps were where it was at. A lot of clients wanted apps. I said, great. Okay, so how did that take you into your own software? He said, a lot of people who had, soft, who had apps, who had us build it, 
didn't know who was using the apps. They didn't know who was using the app even if we didn't build it. They just kept saying, we'll give you more money if you could tell us who's using the apps. How long are they using the apps? Give us analytics. Give us some insight. So he said we created a little bit of software that did that and it was pretty bad at first, but it kept improving and improving and improving. And now he's got this hugely successful uh, business that that has clients like Nike, like Dunkin' uh, Donuts, like McDonald's, all paying him for analytics. The same thing happens in so many different spaces. If you do it as a consultant, you start to see the problems that people have firsthand. And then who knows, maybe you have just a big consulting company or maybe you augment it with a little bit of software and then you have recurring revenue from software. Maybe you become a full on software business. But the insight that you get where people pay you to learn by doing so- by doing consulting is, is priceless. So how do you make the decision? A lot of people listening right now would be very uh, blinded when they see 800 grand coming in from consulting. They wouldn't know how to shut off that low margin business that requires a lot of touch to mm-hmm. go all in on the software part. So like a chessboard, how do you know, like what do you need to see so you can make your next move in the space. What do I need to see? Yeah, like what is, uh, like what more is that? Revenue, more revenue and more growth coming from a different part of the space. So if we see more revenue and more growth coming from some part of our business, we'll focus on on that. What do you mean by that? Like analytics or? Um, I mean, if we make more money faster from one piece of the business than the other, then that's where we're gonna, we're gonna keep doubling down and tripling down and going, going well, as much as we can. Let me dig a little bit here a little bit more. So like you, you're seeing money coming in fast right now, selling these $2,000 packages, but you would have to, you would have to reshift some of your team to building the software for a few months. If you go there, which would sacrifice short-term cash flow for potentially higher margin, bigger business software. How do you make the strategic decision? Like when to do that, if do it at all? Um, I think if we find a big enough problem, then people will be willing to pay enough for us to even hire more people to to build it. When there's a problem and it's a big enough pain, people will pay to see it solved. So this founder of Kohova, I just happened to have talked to him a little while ago, so I'm, I'm using him as an yeah. example twice, but um, he found that people needed this stuff really badly. And so they were willing to pay for it and that funded his development. I think when you find a problem that people have that's a big enough problem, they'll pay you even before the software is built, even before the solution is built. And I think that that's where we're going to see it. But frankly, even if we don't, just doing creating bots and maintaining it for people and showing them a real return on investment, that's a strong enough business. I've seen companies really thrive that way. Interesting. Okay. Let's shift from kind of like the macro level to the, the, why Andrew's moving the chessboard around to actual chatbots in general. Um, yep. I think people strategically understand why it's hot, right? It's a quick response, always on time, feels more accessible, more personable. Where are people making mistakes when they're setting up their own chatbots? Uh, the big one is they send out way too much text. So they'll hear me say, hey, you should set up a chatbot and they're going to set it up and then they send up way too much text and no one interacts with it and they say this whole thing failed. I would suggest that when you're starting to think through this stuff, that you do a couple of things. Number one, you say, look, if email's working for you, don't kill email. If email's where it's at for you, fine. Just add this. So after someone signs up for email newsletter, the next step could be, hey, you know what? We also have this uh, chat subscription. Do you want us to reach out to you occasionally via chat? One click, they hit the button, they're subscribed there too. You're not eliminating email, you're just adding chat, number one. Second mistake that people make is they want to code the whole thing from scratch. I talk to people all the time who want to build this whole thing from scratch. You don't need to. That's the like saying freaks. I want to get into, sorry? The control freaks. 
Right. And they get distracted. It's like saying, I want to get into email marketing, but I can't Go do it today. Maybe I should write my own software. MailChimp is not. Just use freaking MailChimp or Infusionsoft <laughs> or whatever's out there. Right. Um, and so there's tons of tools to, to do it. I recommend that you go to botlist.co to see a list of tools that you can use to build your chatbot, often for free. The ones that you and you use ChatFuel, fan freaking tastic company. I use ManyChat. I love them. I actually invested in the company. You can use one of these pieces of software to create your chatbot. Uh, you don't have to eliminate what's working for you. Just make it easy for people to sign up to this in addition to signing up for anything else. And then once you start writing the content that you send out to people, don't go long. Keep it short. If you really want to get a sense of how long you should make it or how it should feel, look at your text messages with some of your favorite people. <laughs> it's so funny. I was literally just going to pull this up and go, when I need inspiration for how to start a text message, I just go in my text messages and, and literally I usually copy the f- opening line to one of my friends. And it almost always works better than some marketing jig jag that I came up with. Yeah. Let me see. I'm so curious about how you and I started. In, look at this. Not a single message that you and I have sent each other in the last couple of weeks has more than two sentences. And almost all of them are one sentence long and they're just short, punchy back and forth. You're sending me a message. I'm replying. And I think the same thing needs to happen for people who are uh, creating this. You write a little bit of message and you create a button for your reader to press and interact. And then you give them a little more message and then maybe you give them a GIF or something interesting. You do this really well, really well. Where I struggle is what I'm using my chat bot for right now is initiating the micro commitment. So my only Mm -hmm. goal is to elicit a response. So I'll be very vague in the first one. Like, Hey, you're in Atlanta tonight, right? Like literally I send that to everybody. Yes. (laughs) And then I, then I just have one rule like, cause I can't go deeper. Andrew, I told you this when we had breakfast, I get so confused with all the different ding, ding, and if, and then, and if, then, if, then, if, then I just say, if they say yes, say this, if they say no, say this. And that's as deep as I've gotten, but it's fun and it works. Shouldn't go much more than that. People have these like elaborate flow charts that are too (laughs) confusing for them and they'll never maintain it or they'll worse. They'll be the only ones to maintain it. And then they can't hire people to help build on it. You're right. Keep it really short. Um, and I like what you're doing by saying, ask a question that gets a quick yes or no answer and a micro or a micro commitment and then give them more. The other benefit of that is I get to tag people. I'm really big on tagging. So if I send, if you send a message like, are you in Atlanta? You might want to tag people who say, yes, I'm in Atlanta tonight so that you know who they are. If I send a question saying something like, if I were to sell this program, would you buy? I want to tag all the people who say yes, no, and maybe. And I want to automatically come back to the people who say no and say, why not? So I can keep track of all the reasons why they wouldn't buy. And if someone says yes, then I come back and I sell to them. And even if they don't buy, I now know this is someone who's kind of warm, who's interested. I could send them a few more messages. I could try to redirect them to something else. I could bring them into something that would be more private and exclusive just for people who care. And you told me when you see a pattern start to erupt in terms of why people say no to buying, you may decide to make the the decision to put that actually in the onboarding funnel. You told me this over breakfast, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. With the shoes. I think that onboarding is really big. It took me years to do that in email for um, my podcast for Mixergy. Yep where people would sign up and then they'd get whatever the latest message that I would send out. And that was just not a good way to welcome people. I finally, I hired a company. I paid them $12,000 to help me structure my onboarding process for Mixergy. And it made a huge difference. Who'd not you just hire? Revenue. I hired six division, $12,000. They do their two day. I flew my writer in. I flew myself into their office. We sat down for two days. They told us how to structure it. The two of us sat and we wrote and we created videos. And now if you sign up for Mixergy email, you're on board or properly. You get to see who I am, et cetera. The same thing ha- needs to happen in chat, but because it's shorter form, you don't need 
long messages in a two-day intensive. You just say, the first thing they need to know is this first tip on how to work with me and how to interact with me. The second tip, the second thing they might want to know is who is this guy? So second day I send a little bit about myself and so on. CRMs might be the tool that I fight with the most. I just haven't found one that I really liked. I don't know if you guys are the same way, but they're just so tricky. And a while ago, I had a guy named John Lee on my show. He's the CEO of ProsperWorks. And he told me they just passed 40,000 customers and 24 million in annual revenue. So they're doing about $286,000 in revenue per employee. And I said, wow, why is this working? And I said, you know what? I'm going to try it. So I went to prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM, signed up, and it immediately became clear why it worked. Those of you that love growth hacking, you should go to that link just to see how they do the onboarding. That's prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. In short, it's like magic. You know, I'm not the guy that, you know, finishes the sales call and then takes the time to actually put data into the CRM. They have this magical way of just doing it. And it's a beautiful thing. So every morning when I wake up, I just go, okay, what leads are ProsperWorks telling me to reach out to because they're most likely to close and it works so well. And you guys know I love money and I love only focusing on the leads that are going to close. So I encourage you to try ProsperWorks. They're sponsoring the show. Check them out at prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. Folks, that's again, prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. Quick two rapid fire questions here before we wrap up with the famous five. Someone sets their chatbot up, they go, what does Andrew recommend in terms of how frequently I should initiate a conversation via chatbot? Is it daily? Is it once a week, once a month? What's your answer? Uh, It changes. What I recommend right now is the first Two or three messages should come out daily because otherwise people forget and then they unsubscribe because they for, they they don't know that this is something that they're signing up for and it's going to come back to them in the future. So you want to just set up a pattern of first two or three times coming in and letting them interact and then sending more messages. After that, what we're finding now weekly is a better rhythm than daily. I used to think that it was daily, but last week we changed to weekly, largely because people find it overwhelming to get too many messages via chat from a company. And so if you're coming in daily, your unsubscribes increase. I've been close to the companies that make software that manages this. They're finding the same things true universally. So now it's first two or three days, you get a daily message. After that, you get a weekly message. Second question here, the world of, you know, the intercoms and the drift and the HubSpot live chat, you know, the website live chat with the kind of social chat bot they have i i they have to collide i think they have to collide facebook yeah has that up now they 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 what is it what's it called it's the little embed code it's the facebook messenger on the website i forget what it's called but yes you can actually do customer service it's a little embed code on the site that pops up and it says hey if you have any questions let me know your chat bot your software could start responding to the easy ones and then the harder ones could bring you in here's why i think that's better than intercom and i love intercom but i think that they're going to have an advantage over intercom because of this earlier in the day i wanted to know how to take all my files from dropbox and move them to google drive so i have one place to search for everything i found this company i forget what they're even called and they had one of those little um uh, um, pop-ups that say, ask many questions. So I asked a, a question and then it said, we usually respond within 20 minutes, enter your email. I didn't enter my email cause I didn't want that kind of interaction. I just said, I'll leave it up. I eventually closed my tab and forgot to open it again. That's it. I'm gone to them. They have no way of responding. I can't even tell you the name of the company right now, let alone go and sign up for it. If they had a Facebook messenger thing that came up, they could have just said, look, we respond in 10 minutes. Usually 
don't worry, we'll show up. If I close my tab, my phone would vibrate the next time they responded and say, here's the answer to your question. So there wouldn't be a lost interaction and a lost sale. That's what the, that's the advantage that Facebook has over Intercom and the others. That's such a, that's a, such a great observation. Well, I'm going to obviously be watching what you do. I, I, you have, when you showed me all your tags over breakfast there at the Grove in LA, I said, this is incredible how you're doing it. So I may have to throw some money your way, go through the program and have one of your graduates help me out, but we'll see. Andrew, let's I'd love, by the way, to teach anyone who's in your audience how to set it up for free. We'll do an hour session. We do an hour session, me and a, and a couple of other people in the company for free. If anyone wants to, they could go to botacademy.com slash Nathan. And if you're coming from Nathan, we'll teach you for free how to set up a bot. It's spelled just like it sounds, botacademy.com forward slash Nathan. Yeah, it helps that your name is so easy to spell. No secret, you know, hidden O's or A's or I's or, you know. There's an umlaut in your name from what I understand. <laughs> yeah, guys, I would encourage you to go check that out. Um, you'll see, uh, you know, if you do that, um, Andrew, let me know or text me, let me know, email me, let me know, tweet me, let me know. And I'll show you a... Um, a screenshot of my flow, my very simple flow chart that I, right now that I'm using it on chatbots and maybe you can use it as two and get something from it. So Andrew, oh, let's, uh, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, you know what? It's uh, Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. I knocked on their door after reading the book and I said, I've got to learn from you and went to work for them for free when I was in school. I asked you early on why you were doing Mixergy and you said, oh, I'd love to build like the next version of Dale Carnegie. Is that still a thing or have you kind of yes, learned everything it there? is. It is. Yes. Okay, good. I, you were going to add on? Uh, I was just going to say, I don't think it's happening fast enough or as fast as I'd like. But yes, my idea is to be as much like this person who I admired so much and I went to work for his company. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying currently? You. I am so, this is not like a kiss up, but... I am so freaking fascinated by how you have made an impression on people at first by being aggressive and then by being everywhere. And now I don't know what's happening next. And I like how you have the guts to do all this stuff. And most people, I think, frankly, even me, wouldn't wouldn't be a puncher the way that you were. And I just admire that you're out there. That's and because you go home and Olivia is going to see it on Facebook and go, Andrew, what were you thinking? Or like your, your, your children. See, I have nobody... Nobody. She is. She is a bit of a hippie. She doesn't like any aggression. Like, why would you ever eat an animal? Animals are to be hugged and petted. Yes, it's true. Well, I, I do. <laughs> I do appreciate that. Uh, compliments definitely go right to my heart. So, number uh, four. What is your favorite besides many chat and chat, which you already mentioned? What is your favorite chatbot tool? Like in the ecosystem. Um, here's here's the thing that I like a lot. That's actually well. I like tools like lead pages to be integrated in with chat. So I like to take the tools that work really well for us and connect them in. The other tool that I say is Zapier. Zapier now you could connect with chat fuel, with, with uh, chat fuel and many chat. Anything that you send in my chatbot can go into a spreadsheet, can go into my email program. It's just powerful. It's all built right in. Yes. Uh, yes. You can connect Zapier in and then connect it to everything. We have now, we ask people, what would you like us to write about on our site? Any response that we got goes into a spreadsheet that the whole team now gets access to. It's freaking amazing. And their real name is attached to it so we can follow up with the people. That's incredible. Yeah, guys, if you want to hear Wade's story at uh, at Zapier, uh, that's episode 860 or eight, 863. They're killing 60,000 customers doing 1.2 million bucks a month, much higher actually. Really? But yeah, that's where they are now. And I get it. We're yeah. now as a company paying them 125 bucks a month just to, and if we stopped, Everything we use falls apart because it's, it's crazy. So yeah, his episode eight ninety three. But R Andrew, you've seen. I mean, all these companies that are like the pipelines of the internet are actually just managing API calls. So Segment is another example. YC backed over twenty million in MRR. 
20 million mm. monthly. It's incredible. Anyways, uh, another, another discussion for interview hosts later on mm. <laughs> number five or sorry, number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Um, I do about, uh, seven. It's good. And obviously yeah. married and how many kiddos? Two, two kiddos. And how old are you, Andrew? I am uh, 42. 42. Last question. Take us back 22 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? Uh, that he was right. That I was sacrificing everything, including relationships, in order to build a in order to build a successful company. And I thought maybe I'm weird. Maybe there's something wrong with me for doing it because all, all around me, I was seeing people who wouldn't do it, who said that you have to have like a richer life, meaning more, more experiences, more fun, more, nah, fuck it. Fun can, fun can wait. <laughs> there you guys have it from Andrew Warner, one of my early, early favorites, one of my early idols actually in entrepreneurship, had a big success with his first company in the email marketing space, screwed to 30 million bucks there. Now being really smart about the chatbot space, he can feel it. He knows something is happening and he's taking bets, collecting information, watching pattern. And in the meantime, by the way, he's got people to pay him over $800,000 to basically teach him about the space. Andrew, thank you so much for taking us to the top. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> That's for, See, you can tell he hosts his own show, right? Yeah. <laughs> I hang up with my mom by saying, and thanks everyone. <laughs> thank you to my sponsors.